When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Paper Fold. I am your host, Sarah, The Paper Nerd, and I'm so glad to be back nerding out with you on my favorite topic, stationery. No boy, do I have a treat for you. Pretty much all of you will immediately recognize the name Jennifer Love Hewitt. Her fame is such that I don't think I really have to rattle off her A-list repertoire. Personally, I'm just grateful I didn't visit her IMDb page until after we recorded, as I would have been even more tongue-tied. If you are a Gen X or like me, you first got acquainted with Jennifer watching Party of Five on TV in 1994. She then moved to the silver screen with films like Heartbreakers, which is an all-time favorite flick of mine. Jennifer went on to attain legendary OG Scream Queen status in I Know What You Did Last Summer, and I still know what you did last summer. While Jennifer is not here to talk horror this October, she is here to talk Halloween and all things holiday junkie. That is the name of her ever-growing collaboration with a stationary brand on the rise that will be familiar to most paper nerds, 2021 Co. That house of paper is run by Nicole Coteau and Emily King. They are wonderful friends of mine as well as clients. I've worked with them on their catalog, and as a result, I've gotten really familiar with their work, their approach, and their brand. Suffice to say, the fact that 2021 Co. is a little different than most paper brands distinguished them out of the gate, and it ended up enabling them to connect with Jennifer's team while 2021 was at New York Now. Everyone explains their backstory so well in the interview that I don't think I need to tell you that much more, other than the fact that I had some technical issues with the recording of this episode. It was complete news to me that I could not conduct an interview with three people the same way I interview one person. So when all four of us hopped on the call, the sound was wonky and completely unusable, and I thought I was going to have to reschedule so I could figure out what was happening. However, I'm here to tell you, Jennifer is a bit of a MacGyver in that she knew a solution and literally transformed what may have been one of the most stressful afternoons in my life into one of the best. Coming out of this experience, I don't even know how to begin articulating my gratitude to Jennifer, Emily, and Nicole, so I'm just going to bring them on right after this. Hey nerds, by now most of you are doubtless familiar with that fantastic and fantastical LA-based brand, Girl With Knife, as well as its creative powerhouse founder, Alicia Castaldi. This brand's rise has been as dramatic and sharp as, well, the edge of a knife. That's because Girl With Knife is more than your new BFF in paper goods and home decor. It's a mood and a lifestyle, as illustrated by the awards it has stacked up in less than five years like so many pairs of Jimmy Choo's. Alicia won the highly competitive and coveted Artist of the Year Louis Award in 
2022. Meanwhile, her individual cards have received an ever-growing slew of Louis and Noted at Noted awards. However, such is the allure of Girl with Knife that its renown is spreading outwards from the small paper and gift community. Because Alicia is a true disruptor, she has chosen to redesign a series of houses dotted across LA from Bel Air to Palm Springs with an eye toward creating living design spaces for her brand. These have been dubbed Knife Houses and they are receiving major airtime from HGTV and the like. Meanwhile, Girl with Knife is the first paper brand I can think of that received major international press coverage in Ola Magazine Spain, as well as Hello Magazine UK and Ola Magazine Mexico. Many of us paper nerds became Swifties once we heard that the singer herself is a big card sender. Well, another celeb who I cannot name sent Taylor a Girl with Knife card atop a floral arrangement before her era's concert in LA. The divine blush and black design reading, I just friggin' adore you, was perfect for that historic occasion, and I can only imagine it was most well received by Ms. Swift. Behind all the fanfare, however, there is authentic emotion and edge behind each design, be it greeting card, candle, art print, or desk must-have. Alicia has been a guest on this podcast and shared how autobiographical notes run through every last piece. There is so much more than meets the eye. You would love exploring every last design. So if you're a paper nerd out in the wild looking to express your best self as you uplift those you adore, head on over to girlwithknife, all spelled out, dot com and immerse yourself. I guarantee your stationery, as well as your living and workspaces, will slay. Jennifer, Nicole, and Emily, welcome to the Paper Fold. Hi, thank you for having us. Oh, Thanks, I'm so Sarah. Happy. I'm so happy you guys are here. So in the stationery and gift space, uh, most notable collaborations are between two well-known brands, for example, Rifle Paper and Keds. Uh, but Holiday Junkie is completely different. Uh, not only is One Party a rather young stationery brand, 2021 Co., but the other collaborator is a bona fide A-lister, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, it's <laughs> the first time... I can remember in my 25 plus years in this trade that stationery and gifts have had such a high profile celebrity in our corner. So I have to thank you out of the gate for what you have done for the entire Hello. stationery community. That's really nice of you to say. <laughs> it's huge. Um, by endorsing what we do so publicly, you're helping not just 2021, but countless small makers, uh, many of them who just work around their kitchen tables to get noticed by consumers and carve out a niche for themselves through which they can earn a living. Uh, but at the heart of stationery is the ability to connect people and experience moments together from the highest highs to the lowest lows. Cards and letters create a special space that travels not just uh, through space, but time as well. So Jennifer, I want to hear about your personal connection to not just holidays like holiday and Chris to like Halloween and Christmas, which I know you are super into, but connecting with each other through our our humble medium. Can you share what that means uh, to our to, for my listeners? Yeah. I mean, cards for me have been a thing in my life since I was a little girl. I mean, I still have cards that my grandmother gave me, my mom, my my brother used to write my mom and I the most lovely cards. And my best friend, Jenny, and I, I was thinking about this yesterday, knowing that we were going to do this today. Um, my best friend, Jenny, and I, I have like our wish list of what we wanted to do when we grew up. And we 
we wanted to be card writers for like Hallmark. Like that's what we wanted to do. Um, because we just thought it was like so cool to like, like imagine writing somebody a funny joke to like make their day better or being there in a time of need or like being a part of a mom and a son during his graduation from high school and just how cool that was. And I think I started collecting, um, I remember getting allowance for, for like doing chores and stuff like that when I was a kid and I would spend it on cards. Um, I would spend it on just like collecting cards, cards. Some of them I didn't even understand, but I like the pictures or, you know, they kind of made me laugh or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, it's just been a natural part of my life for a really, really long time. And, um, and a really, uh, uh, undone dream until now, um, to be a part of making cards and like having a voice in that space. And then, you know, I loved cards so much. And then I met these two and fell in love with them too. And then it just became perfection. So I feel, I feel very, very lucky to be in this space. Oh, I, I love that. And I feel like so many, uh, so many people in our space have that sort of lifelong connection to it. As you were speaking, it occurred to me, you know, I mean, obviously entertainers connect people and there's some kind of, you know, there's some thing in film, you know, when you're, when you're a when you're an actor, you know, people have this ability to sort of like put themselves in your shoes and live through, live through you when you're telling a story. Well, cards are just another way of, you know, it being more personal. So I'm not really surprised that, 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 that was always really important to you as well. And, uh, it's really, it's really fascinating, uh, that you found your way here after, you know, like your (laughs) career. Yay. Hey nerds, since our beloved stationary community is scattered to the four winds, it is very easy for makers to feel isolated and alone. It is also too easy to open up your Insta, see the success of other brands from the outside, and feel completely lost. But feel lost no longer. KMB Wholesale Intensive is a powerful tool to take your business to the next level. The self-study, self-paced course was created by my dear, inspiring friend, Catherine Hildner of Kitty Meow Boutique, a stationary range that is fun, fierce, and specifically designed to make women feel confident, empowered, and courageous. These distinctive offerings can be shopped in over 1,300 stores and 13 countries around the world, and Kat wants makers to experience the same with their own offerings. So, this Dynamo Mentor has condensed the secrets of her success into the newly reconfigured KMB Intensive. Six training videos are paired with clear homework to take focused and a Lined action plus their spreadsheets, checklists, templates, swipe copy, and workshops galore to inform your own path. This easy, affordable program will have you navigating the wholesale stationary scene like a seasoned pro as you enable your brand to truly blossom. Lesson one focuses on all important pricing, ramping up your range and your wholesale catalog. Lesson two is all about pitching your line with confidence and a streamlined strategy. Lesson three delves into product and shipping, packaging, customer experiences, and the all important tool of delegating. Lesson four tackles implementing solid SEO, another biz essential. In lesson five, Kat takes on a real doozy that I know is a huge challenge for other makers, marketing and selling without being a creeper. And finally, the course closes with lesson six, plan of attack to snag those sales at market. I have seen Kat at many shows and take it from me. That girl works them like nobody's business, except maybe yours. 
I love that this coursework is designed to be tackled on your own time as you can. So many of us juggle families and other jobs, so you study when you can, no guilt required. All this easy to access and revisit knowledge is so affordable at $397 or two payments of $203. That price also includes access to the private KMB Wholesale Intensive Community on Facebook, where you can interact in real time with others who are also serious about scaling their wholesale strategies. Help is never far away. And with the KMB Wholesale Intensive, Catherine is there for you and most likely has encountered your challenge already. She is so transparent and inspiring, it is difficult not to be infected with her enthusiasm. Kat is graciously giving Paperfold listeners 50 bucks off the purchase with the code PAPERNERD, all one word, all in caps. Meanwhile, as the summer markets kick off, Kitty Meow Boutique is releasing 20 new fantastic designs. Wholesale friends, shop this esteemed five-star house of paper on Fair 24-7. And if you are a paper nerd in the wild, start your shop at kittymeowboutique.com. And don't forget, if you are not seeing this brand on the shelves of your favorite card and gift shop, ask the owner to stock it already. So get on this already, Kitty Cat and be sure to tell Kat that Sarah sent you. Uh, so as, as Jennifer was living her life and, uh, and sowing the seas of holiday junkie, 2021 was simultaneously coming to life as Nicole and Emily's collective brainchild. Now, it is incredibly hard for a young stationary brand to land key accounts like Barnes & Noble and Paper Source and get showroom placement in Daniel Richards as they did almost out of the gate. So... Can you both, Emily and Nicole, speak to me about how you started your brand and maybe what makes it a little different uh, from some of the others in our space? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, um, Sarah, for obviously for having us on. We're super excited. Um, I'll start with sort of how we started, and it probably is a little bit more unique than maybe some other makers of our size anyway. Um, I actually come from the commercial printing background in sales and marketing. So my husband's family um, owned a second generation commercial printing company. And, you know, I called on our local businesses and organizations. And one of my accounts was Providence College. And Emily was um, a designer there. And I literally just walked in there one day and we met and then we started working on projects together, whether it was an annual report or a pocket folder or an invitation. And we just became dear friends, um, you know, over uh, PMS books and proofs. Um, and I think, you know, over Starbucks dates and talking about parenting and, um, you know, just kind of living life, we realized that we had such a shared um, value structure. And with our both of our love of words and paper, and I have zero design skills whatsoever. I mean, truly... I cannot draw a stick figure. I cannot color it in the lines. I've tried and I'm the worst, gen genuinely. Um, so Emily and I kind of coming together where, you know, we would collaborate on ideas and Emily would do the design has really just been such a gift to us. And we just sort of said, you know, someday we will be able to have a, a time in our lives where we're less busy, which obviously never, ever happened, but we, we were able to pull it together um, and start start a little brand. And, and Em, you can probably talk a little bit more of like, you know, how we came up with our name and sort of how we started. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah. So Nicole and I would meet all the time at Starbucks in between like crazy schedules, work, kids and all that. And we were determined that we were going to do something someday. Like the goal, we didn't know when, when there's quote unquote more time, but I carry a sketch pad with me everywhere I go. And I'm, I'm a doodler. Like when I'm talking, I write things down. I take notes, my sketch pads. I have them all the way back from way too long. I really need to get rid of some of them. They're old, but I'll write down whatever's going on. And when we were talking, we said, you know what, like by the year 2021, I'm pretty sure Nicole's kids will be out of school. Like they'll be ready to go to college and my kids will actually all be in school. Cause at the time I had like maybe a one-year-old um, <laughs> and we were like brainstorming. So I just kept writing the words or the letters and numbers, 2021, 2021. And it kind of turned into this kind of logo and it ended up being like this little like call to action almost. And it said like, by this year, this is what it's going to be. Like, this is our dream. This is our vision. 2021 is the year. But in typical Nicole and Emily fashion, we're not, we don't wait around for things like around 2018. We're like, you know what? Like it's time. We're going to jump in. We're going to make this company, but we're going to keep that 2021 because it was a special moment when we kind of came to it. And that's going to be our brand. Little did we know that, say, in 2020, the world would shut down. <laughs> and that really got our footing um, in those COVID years. But I will say that when we established the greeting card company, we knew that we really wanted to have a unique offering, not the typical, you know, first five different genres. We didn't have birthday. We didn't have wedding. We wanted inspiration, motivation, helping people in low times finding things that we're going to raise people up. Um, both Nicole and I have suffered some, some loss in our lives. I lost my brother to suicide when I was 23. Mm -hmm. Nicole lost her brother to violence when she was very young. And I think that has shaped our perspective and the way we live our lives on the daily basis. And the cards that we wanted to bring to the table were cards that really helped people who really needed that extra support, that connection, um, and that's like what we said we were going to do. So our first run of 40 cards, 30 of them were encouragement. Now, most people don't do that. We usually go out and try to hit like the birthday, Christmas. We really led with our hearts in our first collection um, and really put who we are out there using very powerful words um, together to design and create some fun things. Um, and as we've evolved, I mean, it's only been five years we just finally added Halloween, you know? So we kind of started at this core of like who we are and that inspiration and that that positivity we wanted to put into the world. And we've added and grown to this over 200 card assortment that really has almost everything. We don't have Diwali yet. There's a few out there we still need, but we are getting close. So that's kind of it. I feel I like feel your like authentic friendship is at the core of, your range. When I see a new card line, I can kind of tell if it's labored or if it feels just very, you know, direct. And yours definitely had that just sort of easy feeling. It doesn't read as phony or put on. It's just very, very authentic and direct. And, uh, and obviously that's the core of your relationship from which everything flows. So um, now I want to talk collaboration. How did 2021 and Jennifer Love Hewitt connect to create Holiday Junkie? How did you find each other? What were those first conversations like? I want to hear it all. 
<laughs> well, so here's the thing. So I knew that we were going to meet. And then I started looking at like some car because I was like, well, they'll probably ask me like, what kind of cards do you like or whatever? And I had an incredible amount of their cards already, like in my card collection, not knowing that it was them yet. Um, and so I was really, then I got really, really excited that we were going to have conversation um, and get to meet. And I didn't really know what was going to happen. You know, I kind of came in as like, this super nerd of holiday love and obsession. Um, I also had a big loss in my life. I lost my mom. We talked about that immediately. And I think the three of us really connected on, oh, okay. So our shared need of magic and goodness in the world comes with dealing with incredible pain. Um, not to like get heavy handed about it, but I, we, we did talk about that, you know, initially. And, um, I was like, yeah, I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm the holiday junkie. Like that's, that's me. I'm this weird girl who <laughs> collects cards and really likes them. Um, I want to do all the things. I want to celebrate every holiday there is. And if there's five new ones we can find, great. And they were like, okay. Um, so it you know, it was a really fun conversation. I'll let them jump in, but um, it was it was just easy um, from the beginning. And I had a lot of respect. Um, obviously, I am I am inspired by, root for, um, and feel like the world in business. Um, and in uh, and in starting small businesses should be women. Um, we are the people to do it. We have the creativity to do it, the heart to do it. Um, these women are all heart and creativity. Um, and I just, again, it was like a thing that I could check off my dream list of like, oh, wow, I've been wanting this for a really, really long time. Um, I was very nervous about throwing out my ideas for like what a card might say um, or what a picture might be, but they made it really easy. And um that's kind of my part of it. Ladies, I'll let you jump in. <laughs> I think that's great. And I, before they jump in, I just want to point out that like all three of you have mentioned, you know, you've had big losses. Um, I'm no different. And I think that that is so important in stationary. Um, yes, there's happy birthday cards, but they also just do the heavy lifting for us in moments when life is not great. And um, again, because it endures throughout time, there's, there's a certain power in these spaces that we create with each other. So um, I'm, I just had to say that, but I'm sorry, Nicole, you go ahead. You know, I was just going to mention that just for, you know, maybe other people who are listening um, that are makers like us, sort of how, um, like, you know, the, the details sort of how we actually met Jennifer. Um, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to trade shows, you know, in New York now, mm -hmm. especially. Um, we actually met someone from Jennifer's team um, who came by our booth and, and echoed what Jennifer just said that, you know, she was a fan of ours and um, would love to talk to us about a collaboration. And I think when she walked away, Emily and I were like, did that really just happen? Is that, <laughs> is that real? And then a few weeks later, we got an email about setting up a Zoom call. And I think I immediately started sweating. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I know we said we were interested, but could, are we really worthy? Can we really do this? Um, and then that first Zoom call, uh, just to, again, echo what Jennifer said, we we just sort of bonded immediately. You know, we're all moms. We've all, you know, shared uh, or suffered some loss in our lives. And, you know, I think that our collaboration with Jennifer also allows us to sort of spread our wings a little bit too. Um, she brings a whole different energy and 
Um, her creativity and her writing is so amazing. Um, we would get her concepts and as, as nervous as she was to send them, we were equally as nervous to take her writing and send her back the concepts. Like, are we worthy of her? And, and she's feeling, <laughs> is she worthy of us? And it was just, none of us needed to worry because it literally worked so seamlessly that it, it just felt like it had always been there. I love that. I just want to say that Jennifer has the cool copy. I feel like Nicole and I write like the the New England moms that we are. And Jennifer just comes right in and slays the day. Like, so do you know what I mean? Like she really brings it a whole different level. Um, and, and it really rounds out, you know, I think our brand in a beautiful way. And we're just so always so excited when her, her phrases come in, we're like, Oh, I know what I can do with that one. Or sometimes there's like a concept and a idea, a vision that comes with it. Sometimes there's not. And she's so humble and gracious working with us, you know, when the ideas mesh, when they don't tweaking them back and forth to get them just where they need to be. Um, it's just, it's a true collaboration on both ends. And, and she's really great at what she does. She really could have her own little thing, but we're very honored that um, we get to be a part of it. I just, I just love, love that there's so much trust, you know, there because for any good collaborate, I mean, like that has to be there for it to create any sort of creative out, you know, output that, you know, if you don't have that, you, 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 you don't have bupkas. Speaking of which, um, it, it is October, which means Halloween, which I think of as the new Christmas. Um, I want to discuss your holiday, hollow, Halloween holiday junkie releases. You guys mentioned these are your first Halloween cards. There's a charming Don't Ghost Me card, as well as Halloween vibes, Get Your Witch On, which I love. Um, it occurs to me that while these are seasonal designs meant to be exchanged this time of year, you've really moved out of the happy Halloween category to imply something a bit different and maybe inspire different communications than people expect with a Halloween card. Am I correct in this? Um, so I'm curious, um, what was your goal and how has the feedback been so far? I know that uh, we're recording this, it's still September and Halloween hasn't really started, but I'm kind of curious, you know, what you're, what you're hearing and about that process. The pointing, the pointing. <laughs> like the Brady Bunch. I'm like, hey, Greg, Marsha. <laughs> you get to be Marsha. <laughs> um, so the thing about Halloween for for me, and then they can you know speak on it obviously as as the company, but um, I, I feel like since COVID. Um, for me, the holiday junkie has really, uh, I've, it's, it's thriving in every way possible. Um, because I think that the world is ready for a good time. We are ready for good news. We are ready to celebrate anything and everything. And Halloween doesn't have to go up on October 1st or October 15th. It can go up September 23rd, which is when it's going up for me in my house. Um, <laughs> Christmas goes up early. I, you know, I, I've created this thing in my house called Second Fall, which is that I do a whole different fall landscape than what I did for August and September, and that's in November. And you know, I just think people want to gather. Like they want to gather, they want to get back to having conversations, they want to celebrate, they want to not miss things in life because it goes too fast. I feel like as moms, we realize that, you know, that 
person that sent the TikTok with like, you have the 18 summers and the, oh Lord, which I still haven't recovered from. Um, you know, there's all these reminders of like how fast it goes. And so I think that, um, it's t- it, like, it's just time to find joy, to find magic, to do all of that stuff. And so for me, um, happy Halloween just feels, no, like just don't, you know, don't ghost to me feels fun. It feels current. It feels of the time. Um, it feels silly. And it feels like you could give that card for Halloween or you could give it another time. Like, you know, a, a teenager could give it to a boyfriend and be like, um, you were supposed to call on Friday. So boom. Um, you, you can do <laughs> things like that. Um, being, being witchy and, and, you know, all of those things We're in a time of empowerment for women. It doesn't have to being witchy. doesn't have to mean a creepy, you know, green, green girl on Halloween. It can be like a power vibe. It can be something, you know, cool. So that, that was my kind of thoughts behind the things. And then in our house, Halloween is very special because it's my husband's birthday. So not only do I get to be the holiday monkey, but I'm married to a man whose birthday is on Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was my side of things. I'll let you guys explain the non-dorky version now. Well, I would like add to what Jennifer said and just like, I think her designs and her her words are kind of transcending the holiday itself. It's really more about like, I want to stay in touch with you year round. And it happens to be Halloween. So I'm not going to wish you happy Halloween on the day. I'm going to send you a month beforehand. Hey, I haven't heard from you a while. Don't be ghosting me because it's, right, it's right. relevant to the season. But it's really more of just constant connection, human interaction. And that's really fun because sending a Halloween card, you get to do it once. But if you want to take the whole season. You can't send happy Halloween, September 15th, October 2nd, October 15th, and on the 31st. That doesn't make any sense. But these cards allow you to really enjoy that season in a variety of ways and connect. And I'm sure next year we'll have even more unique ways to connect throughout the holidays and then Thanksgiving, Christmas, on and on and on. I think it's a really smart, you know, not only, you know, business-wise thing, but it's a nice way to have a full year to send seasonally. Halloween cards, I guess. Um, It's fun. I don't know. Did that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it totally totally makes makes sense. sense. And it's becoming more important seasonally. So, you know, this Halloween season, whatever you want to call it, Halloween, Halloween part two, November part two, (laughs) you know, it's, it's very, you know, it's very, it's becoming more and more important. I know every year in, you know, just in the retail scene, they talk about, you know, Christmas going out earlier and earlier. Well, now it's not even about that. It's about putting out the Halloween earlier and really having a nice progression. Nicole, did you, did you have any thoughts on on the Halloween card? Like, how are they being received so far? Like, have you heard anything from reps? Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say is I sort of am so pleasantly surprised at how well they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm totally honest, I probably, I used to give my kids Halloween cards when they were young with like, you know, a couple dollars in it. Um, but the Halloween cards have sold so well. And I remember actually going to, I want to say it was Gus and Ruby in Boston, or maybe it was mm-hmm. in Portland. And they had a sign um, a couple Halloweens ago outside of their um, kind of like a sandwich board sign. Mm-hmm. And it said something like, you need Halloween cards or, or we, we sell Halloween cards and no one else does. I forget exactly what it said, 
but it was it was much smarter and snarkier than what I'm saying, and it it really spoke to me. So um, I think I think people are like really starting to Emily's point and Jennifer's point. It's a way to connect. Our industry is that's what we're about. It's about fostering human connection, and whether it's you know October. And you can use Halloween as a way to sort of send someone a note or um, whether it's, you know, something a little more standard, like a birthday card, like that's what we do. Our industry is about making it easier to connect and communicate with people. And it's something that gets held on to. It's not a text. It's not an email. It's something that that has the sender's DNA on it. Right. Mm -hmm. That'll never, ever go away. Yeah. I also just wanted to say too, that I think, um, what's so cool about like 2021's cards and, and our cards together and, and cards just in general right now is I remember being a kid and I feel like, um, card makers would write everything down. Like the card would have like four paragraphs on the front. Right. And I have, I mean, countless of boxes of cards that are just, that just say mom inside. <laughs> grandma you know there was nothing else to say like it was just all there and what I like about cards now that I think is so interesting and particularly with our collaboration or at least in my thought process what I try to go for when we when we do our stuff is like finding that kind of you know don't ghost me like that's your way in but the card inside is up to you like you have to fill that with your thoughts and your feelings and you're reaching out like we're we're getting you in touch but the rest is on you kind of thing um and i think that's so much more interesting now that that it's kind of changed that way because really truly like if you if you were in the 90s or like the 80s and cards it was like uh, can you uh, like uh, thank you thank you for for all of that that you just said but that was a lot just be like oh love mom <laughs> I know I she's like how much more do you need it's right there in a book on the cover <laughs> so I think the cards have gone in the right place and that it like it, it you know we can get you in there but the real the real getting in touch is up to you and I think that that's really fun Yes, I call those that I call that the age of the rhyming couplet cards, like where it's like, it's like a really long verse about the birthday girl and how wonderful she is. And there's nothing left to say after all that. Uh, I have so many from my grandparents that would send me growing up and it, and you know, it took me a while to realize, well, their signature is what is so valuable. And the fact that they picked this rhyming couplet just for me. <laughs> so, um, Jennifer, I, I think it's hysterical or not hysterical. I love that your husband's birthday is on Halloween. I have to say my husband is in finance and he was born December 30th. And the joke is that he gave his parents, like, he's just so thoughtful. He gave his parents the, um, you know, the nice little tax deduction with his arrival, but, uh, um, but with you, so I need to know how you personally commemorate Halloween at your home. Do you, you, obviously it sounds like you deck your house to the nines. Do you personally dress up and give out candy? And if so, what kind of responses <laughs> do people have when you open the door and they see you there? And can you give us a sense of your costume this year? If you have one. <laughs> So, um, Halloween is a very bit, yeah, it's a, it's a way of life around here. Um, it is really, so August is really October 
as we call it. And right now we're in September ween um, and then we'll be in Halloween. So it's really just like, it's a process of slowly getting to the, I, I really feel like my soul comes to life like August 1st. Cause I'm like, I can smell the pumpkin pies. I, I, I know it's coming. The pumpkin spice is coming. The, the things are coming. The decorations are coming. They're ready for me. They're ready. Um, and I'm kind of in like sleepy land from like February to August. Um, I mean, I do other holidays, but you know, it's not as fun for me. So this is really like when I'm like thriving. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we do a lot of, we do a lot of decorations. My kids and I have really gotten into doing the you've been booed kits where we like, fill them with like little cards and a little piece of candy. And we like drive around the neighborhood. My husband drives them in his truck and they like, you know, hang them on the, do the door of people's houses and they do it at school. And it's really fun. So we do a lot of that. Um, and then every Halloween, because it's my husband's birthday, we have a bunch of families over after school. Um, and we kind of have it down to a science and we start in the afternoon, like when school's over, we have a bunch of families over. I deck out the whole backyard as like a scary, whatever theme it is for that year. And, um, and then they get to trick or treat in our yard. I have like little stations where they go and they get to like trick or treat. So we know they have the safe candy and like the things that aren't creepy from people that we don't know. Um, and then <laughs> we do like a little cake for my husband and we sing happy birthday and then everybody goes out trick or treating. Um, so I have not yet as a mom been home to hand out candy because we're normally trick or treating. Um, but when I was a kid, we lived in a neighborhood where they would bus people in and we would have like 3000 trick or treaters like every year. And my mom and I would open the door constantly and like do things. And yeah, people were always like, wait, Oh, are you going as, and I'd be like, no, nope, that's just, it's just me. Happy Halloween. You know? <laughs> <laughs> get some funny reactions and it was cute. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm not, I, and this year, Oh, you asked about my costume. I'm actually, so normally because I'm momming, everyone else has a really cute costume. This is what happened to me last year. Everyone had a really cute costume. And like four days before I was like, crap, I have nothing. What am I going to do? So I got a candy corn poncho. <laughs> Fetching. I got a candy corn poncho and like a candy corn headband. Okay. And I put it on and everybody was like, oh, let's take pictures. And I'm like, let's not commemorate this. Because this is not okay. Literally like, walked out of my house. There's a paparazzi. And the one photo was me like this on the corner. Like this. Poncho. Candy, like the the most upset candy corn you've ever seen in your life um and so this year i was like no i'm gonna be cute so i'm going as wednesday adams because it's nice. wednesday time and i've gotten like the long braids and the little i'm going like 80s tv wednesday with like the big collar and i'm gonna be very cute this year and i'm very oh, <laughs> it sounds wonderful now we're on to Christmas, or as I like to call it, the sorry for what I said while I was decorating season. Uh, there is such an easy, fun vibe to these holiday junkie offerings, which obviously are just reflecting everybody's vibe. Um, it does really undercut the tensions of the season to emphasize the fa-la-las. So I would love to go around the virtual table and just ask everyone what your favorite piece is from your holiday junkie release. Um, so, and why? Uh, so I'll start with you, Jennifer, and then we'll go around. Oh, gosh. Do you have a favorite piece? That's like asking me to pick my favorite kid, and I cannot. Um, I mean... <laughs> don't know. I, here's the thing. The, um, sorry for what I said when I was decorating, um, is a dedication to my husband. <laughs> the reason is 
<laughs> the reason is because every time, because I'm the holiday junkie, right? I love it. I decorate and whatever. But just because I love doing it doesn't mean that I don't get frustrated or that the putty doesn't actually stick the thing to the mantle or that the way I envision in my head goes perfectly or that the baby doesn't break something while I'm trying to put it on the tree or that, you know, there isn't like frustrations that go with being this holiday spirit. And so he will at least say to me four times, are we sure that this is your happy place? Are we sure that this is your happy place? And then I go into my mom cave and I'm rapping and I'm like getting all the things done and we're ordering and we're, you know, doing all this stuff. But there's there's stress. There's, you know, pouring the glass of red or the little bit of tequila and nipping on it before you get up there to get at it again. And so when we were getting ready to do the cards, I was like, I need, I need to do one for him so that it can say. So last year on all of his packages, I only used that tag. <laughs> absolutely loved it. He was like, and thank you very much. You're forgiven. (laughs) (laughs) 10 years married this year. And um, yeah. And he's put up with a lot with me being the holiday. (laughs) I just want to be, I just want to be clear about that. Like you can be a holiday joyful person and you can still feel the holiday stress. So I'm sorry for what I said when I was decorating, I'm going on mute. I, first of all, I love that. And I love it. And I think the fact that you guys are creating offerings that are the lives that we're really leading, not the lives we are supposed to be leading or that we are sold. That makes it funny. That makes it authentic. And that's what makes, I think, people really excited. Uh, Emily, do you have, do you have a favorite, do you have a favorite piece from your, from your holiday? I'm just like Jennifer, like it's really hard to pick from your babies. Um, I'm not going to lie, but I wish you guys could see this. This is I probably the slay the day card. I'm going to put it into the window here for everyone to see. Just slay. Just slay. As in like, like Santa's sleigh right, the right. day with a minivan with a license plate <laughs> that says baddie. Like I just think, especially for the moms out there, they are slaying these holidays. And I, and there's no cards that really like build you up for saying like that's what you did. Um, this is this is for all those mini van mini van moms out there who who bring it every year. They make the magic for their kids. They pull their families together. This this is them. And um, by far, I I feel this one in my my soul, my core, um, that they slay the day year over year. So this. This one, plus I really have a thing for painting cars. It's not weird, right? I painted a Jeep. I painted this guy. I painted a motorcycle on with Santa on it this year. A lot of fun. So there you go. That's my favorite. <laughs> Nicole, Nicole, how about, how about you? you? So the first thing I want to say back to what Jennifer said, I feel like I need to make a card or a hang tag for my husband that says, I'm sorry for what I said when we were visiting my family. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like I, I love to visit my family. I really look forward to it. But for whatever reason, I also get super stressed. And that's when it comes, even though I love it, that's when like my anxiety comes out. So maybe that's for another collection. Um, but my favorite is actually, it's interesting. We've all picked three different ones is um, it's actually not a card. It's a tag in the mini journal. And it says, I only do mornings on the 25th because that is me. I mean, I am not a morning person. I will sleep until the last possible minute. Um, And even on Christmas morning, we have, you know, a tradition with our kids and our kids are now 
20 and 22, where we made them sit at the top of the stairs and we would get our coffee and we'd wait. And then we'd be like five more minutes, you know, you guys can come down. Um, but really it was because Keith was getting my tush out of bed. <laughs> so I love that card. I think in it, in, in the fact that it's in a little journal is just a great, um, you know, as moms, we're constantly making lists like, Oh, I forgot, you know, aunt Sarah, or I need to get a gift for the neighbor. Like it's a perfect size to use as like, you know, your little list making, you know, for the holiday. So I absolutely love that. And I love the simplicity of it. It's actually just red with white type and it's, you can read it easily. It'll give a little giggle. Everyone can, I think, appreciate that. So that's my favorite. That's your favorite. I have to say, I love your journals. I love little journals. Um, I was always a journal person, even before I started working in stationery. I always wanted a little journal on me. If you don't have it on you, how can you write down what you're thinking or that next great idea? And um, I especially like yours. And I love how you guys utilize all the space, the inside covers, the inside back cover. Like you make it a really thoughtful tool to use. And that's like, that's what elevates the whole range to my mind. So before we go, I really, I just have one last question. Um, I, I want to ask each of you to tell me and my listeners about your favorite card or letter that you received off the top of your head. Just the first one that comes off of your head. And I'm going to go first to break the ice. Uh, years ago, I wrote a letter to the Plain Dealer, which is our the Cleveland uh, paper, opposing some anti-choice law our state legislature was considering. And I, I wrote it. I forgot about it. And then a month later, I got this in the mail um, from my senator, Sherrod Brown. And as soon as I saw, like, as soon as I saw that that the this was like the United States Senate was like really done nicely. And then I saw Sherrod Brown on the back. Instead of getting my letter, my letter opener as I should have, I just tore it open and ripped it open. And he wrote, I have it memorized, but I'll read it. He said, Ms. Schwartz, very good letter to the editor. Keep speaking out. Your contents matter. Thank you, Sherrod Brown. Here it is. I'll show it. And um, and I think this is this is definitely engraved. Like this is fancy stationery. <laughs> so more than once I remembered that advice. It's given me strength to share my thoughts. So I just want to ask, I just want to go around and get everybody's thoughts. So um I'll start with I'll start with Emily, Nicole, and then we'll finish up with Jennifer. Emily. Okay, so I just want to put a disclaimer out that I've pretty much saved every greeting card. Since I was about four or five years old, I'm just saying, like literally from the handmade cards that some, like a, a girlfriend made, like drawing a picture of me as a stick, you know, I still have those. They smell a little bit at this point because they've, they've aged. Um, but if I, I was trying to think about what like the most important, most meaningful one was, and it's not, it almost deviates a little bit because it's not technically a card or a letter, but it's a poem that my brother wrote me and presented to me at Christmas because he had no money. He was probably 20. Um, and it's actually hanging up behind me. And it was like the sweetest words he's probably ever said to me. And then he had passed. Um, so talking about the power of paper, I've moved that from house to house for 20 something years. And um, it's really not attractive. It's like, it's, I don't even know what font he used. Like it, it goes against every grain of my designer being, but it's that piece of paper that he printed with those words. 
um, that still stays with me. So that's like the most powerful letters, poem-ish thing um, that I can think of. So that's me. That's incredible. That's incredible. And, and, and it does, and it does speak speak to creating, creating a certain, a certain space, space that, that lives, lives separately. separately. Yes, it lives on. It's It's paper, like Nicole said, with the DNA and those thoughts and words, like that wasn't a text or an email. That was that was printed out, presented on a, a nice piece of maybe not attractive, but nice piece of paper. Um, and I have saved it to this day. I have not lost it. And um, and it means it's probably the most valuable thing I have from my brother that I still possess. So there you go. Wow. Wow. I love I that. Love that. Okay. Okay. Next. Nicole. Yeah. I, I mean, I, anything from my children, obviously, like I have little things that they wrote on napkins when we were out to eat, you know, I, we have bins and bins of just stuff with their, with the first time they signed their name or, you know, I have all of that stuff, but actually there's a, a story that happened to me recently that I, I think it was in May um, we sold our house and we put all of our stuff in storage and we've been trying to take like a bin a week to go through because I'm a pack rat and I save everything. Um, and it was actually right around when our daughter was graduated from college. And I was feeling a little like, I don't know, I was having a little pity party for myself, like wishing that my brother was there. He valued education so much and he had never gotten a college degree Um and I was feeling a little bit bad that he wasn't going to get to, you know, physically be there. So I was going through this bin and I came across Emily and, and Jennifer, one of those cards that just had every word and glitter. And I mean, it, it, you know, like those cards from the 90s. The rhyming couplet. Yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, I used to just cross things out and be like, uh, you know, I don't mean that, but I do mean this. And <laughs> So anyway, you got it it. from my brother that I never remembered receiving. Um, But like Emily, I save everything. And it came at the perfect time because, like I said, I was having a little pity party for myself and it was a birthday card to me. And And he wasn't like a man of like a ton of words, like he wasn't like an over complimenter or he just he was an emotional guy, but not someone who constantly told you how he was feeling. So because of that, this card meant so much. It was a birthday card to me, but on the inside, he wrote, he wrote something and I don't know exactly word for word what it said, but it was roughly, you know, about the importance of family and how, um, being a part of a, we're I'm one of seven kids. We have a big family. Being a part of a big family has its ups and downs, but we are always there for one another. And it came at a time where I was really feeling sad about him not being there. And I really truly feel like it was such a gift and it was so timely. Actually, I carry it with me. It's in my car right now um, because it meant so much to me at the right time. And I could have easily, it could have gone into the, in the trash with a, a pile of bills. Right. And I didn't have to grab that bin on that day to go through. And it literally changed my whole um, sort of how I was feeling about, you know, just missing him and tail our daughter having this big day and him not being there. He was there in that card, his handwriting in that greeting card to me was a reminder to me. And that's why we all do this, right? That is why mm-hmm. we, we do what we do in this industry 
to, to, you know, use paper as that medium. And I'm like so grateful to have that card um, and find it at the time that I did. And I think there are, every one of us probably has a story like that where something speaks to you at the most important time from, to your point, Sarah, timeless from many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And obviously you needed to see it right then and it appeared and, um, and you're a paper person, so you needed to get that <laughs> when you needed it. Um, Jennifer, I would love to, I would love to hear yours <laughs> if you have one. Okay, so let me just say, you should have ended with the two of them and started with me <laughs> because the mine is such a pivot, <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> so I when he, I will tell why it was profound for me after but the I have this card that I've kept with me always I received it when I was 11 years old and it was from my very best guy friend and somewhere along the way he had caught a crush and I didn't know it and I didn't and I did not have the crush. And he, one afternoon, like in the middle of hanging out, was like, these are my deep feelings for you. And I had like that, like 11-year-old girl response of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, it was great seeing you. See you Monday, bye. And I like ran away. <laughs> so about three hours later, I hear this like crying outside the door of our apartment and this little letter shoots through and I have this card that I've kept with me ever since. And on the front of it, it's just a little sad dog. And inside, <laughs> inside, he just wrote, you have made me feel like a used piece of toilet paper in your life. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it was so, it was so profound, right? At the moment I was like, oh, like that's like who wants to be that? Like that is it. Like even at eleven, I was like, "Oh, I've messed up." Like that's bad. But it was really like profound for me in my life after that because it was the first time that I knew as a person my actions had impacts on other people, and that I needed to stay present in that, and that men could be vulnerable, and that we had like I had a power with my heart against other people, and that I needed to really be careful with that um, and treat people in a gentle manner. And in times of my life, like when I've had bad breakups or whatever, and I've been like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, key that car in my mind or whatever I'm going to do. You know, I remember that letter and I remember thinking, no, no, I'm not going to make him feel like a used piece of toilet paper in my life. I will not. Um, that is not who I want to be. And so this little boy at like 11 had such a profound impact on me that I've always kept it because it keeps, it keeps me in check. It really does um, in like how, how I want to treat people in my life. But it was such a, like, I wish I had, I wish I could, I tried to find it so I could show it to you but it's like in a box somewhere, but it was such, it's like one of my most prized possessions because it was so vulnerable. And again, it was on a card. It was just a simple statement. Maybe it's why I write the things that I do on our cards that are just <laughs> simple. Cause really, if you, if you make it impactful, 
it lands, you know, you could just hold on to it forever. Um, so that's mine. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm all about brevity. So I, I get it. Like you got to get in and get out and say, you know, say what you need to say and be on your way. But I love that you took it as an 11 year old. Like that's a lot to, you know, realize as an 11 year old and what a wonderful lesson to take with you, you know, through your young adulthood. Nicole, you are raising your hand. I know you want to share something. I, I absolutely love that story. Um, (laughs) That is unbelievable. And like the curiosity in me (laughs) needs to know, does this former 11-year-old know what an impact that has made on you? I mean, that's an unbelievable story. I actually told that story um, like years and years and years ago on a talk show um, because I thought it was just like really, and and I did get in contact with him um, and he does know that I kept it and he does know that it made an impact on me. Um, and he thanked me for seeing him in that moment the what the one thing that I couldn't remember at the time was was what I did after I got it um and he was like he said you came to my apartment and you hugged me for a really long time and he was like and it just helped he was like and and he remembered it and he was like he didn't really say anything and I'm like well I was 11 I probably didn't know what to do and he just told me I made you feel like use toilet paper so what do you say after that um but uh but yeah I guess we hugged and like so yeah so we both have had kind of like I gave him I think good closure in a moment that was vulnerable for him and he taught me something very valuable um so we did actually get to connect the pieces later which was kind of sweet Oh, that's so wonderful. And I think we can see why he had a crush on you. I mean, (laughs) so anyway, I I cannot thank you all enough for coming by and chatting and being so, you know, and sharing so much. I cannot wait to see what is next uh, for Holiday Junkie. And it's such an honor to be able to kind of talk to all of you at this point in your trajectory, because I know that what you do next is going to be even more exciting to be followed by something else even more exciting. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks for having us. It's our honor to be on your your podcast. Thank Thank you you so so much. Thank you so much, Jennifer, Nicole, and Emily for dropping in the paper fold. I feel like you have collectively figured out a way to take the magic of the holidays and blend it with the everyday connections that we want to nurture every day of the year. This is really enabling greeting cards to evolve past their earlier, more etiquette-driven purpose and instead become something that truly combats our epidemic of loneliness to connect us over time and space. That said, I can't wait to see what the three of you come up with next. Finally, thank you for listening. Of course, feel free to give me a five-star rating and review if you are so inclined. The Paperfold is proud to be a member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. To learn more about this dynamic community, please visit evergreenpodcast.com. Thank you so much, nerds. Please stay safe out there.